0: Hey folks, I am Ryan Goodman and you are listening to the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Join the conversation and find all my content at agricultureproud.com. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Agriculture Proud podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, coming at you from Helena, Montana. On this podcast, I cover a little bit of everything in agriculture and hear the stories behind a few of the people who are involved in farming and ranching from all different parts of the country. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever podcasts are found. Follow me on social media as Ag Proud Ryan and on Facebook as Agriculture Proud. And as always, you can find all the episodes and show notes at agricultureproud.com podcast podcast. podcast and while you're there go ahead and hit subscribe to get my weekly email so you never miss a blog post or a new podcast episode well this week on the podcast we're headed north to canada if you've been following me on social media you'll know it's been a very busy start to the summer season i've had quite a bit of travel to meetings and ranches with my employer agriclear as we talk about buying and selling cattle online along with these trips i've had the opportunity to visit with some great ranchers and members of our ranching communities Uh, Recently, I had the opportunity to travel to Penticton, British Columbia to visit with several Canadian cattlemen and women as we learn how things may be different or at times even the same on the north side of our political boundary. In this first of two episodes from that trip to British Columbia, I sit down with a visit with Ryan Scorgie, an attorney and cattle producer from Kamloops, British Columbia. One of the big topics of the meeting at the British Columbia Cattlemen's Association included obstacles faced as we grow a younger generation for the ranching community. While I was there to speak on the subject as a young member of the industry, it was great to visit with a lawyer. Who has more in-depth knowledge on the subject so in this episode ryan and i discuss some of the challenges ranchers are facing today when it comes to succession planning and he shares a few tips on what you should consider as you start planning for this transition we also discuss a bit about innovation in the industry as it pertains to shifting consumer demands and changes and concerns about pain management and how ranchers may be able to adapt our practices in these changing times as you listen to the podcast send me any thoughts you may have you can connect with me on social media as agproud ryan and now i hope you enjoy episode 12 of the agriculture proud podcast with ryan scorgie rancher and attorney from kamloops british columbia All right, and on the podcast today from the BC Cattlemen's Association Annual General Meeting with Ryan here. Ryan, tell us a little bit about um, who you are and, and how you're involved in the uh, agriculture community. Sure. My name is Ryan Scorgie, and
1: I'm involved in the community, I guess I could say I've been involved uh, as a lifetime in the agriculture community. I come from a cattle and grain farm in northern Alberta, outside of Grand Prairie, and now run a cattle ranch down in Kamloops and run a law firm here in Kamloops. So I'm here a little bit as a producer, understanding the issues that the Catalans are facing and also on the work side, providing some assistance to some of the ranchers on the intergenerational transfer of
0: agricultural land. Okay. You've been involved in, in the ranching business from a couple of different aspects, production side and, and the services side. What's, what's maybe something that uh, really kind of caught your eye? Uh, being involved on both sides of the fence there.
1: I think one of the things that has been the most important for me and one of the most areas of interest is looking at some of the issues that the industry is facing on a whole and the representation that they're getting on local, provincial and federal governments and the effectiveness of lobby groups like the Cattlemen's Association representing the interests of ranchers and having someone with a little bit of an understanding on how policy development works there's, a, I think, an opportunity for this industry to collaborate a little bit more and provide a stronger voice to government on how policy should be developed and funds should be spent.
0: You mentioned kind of being involved in some of the planning for transferring ranches between generations, and you're involved in, in taking some initiative to be involved in some young leader programs. Um, what, what kind of drives you to, to, to work in that area and help our generations as they... As our ranchers get older and our younger generations are getting more involved, for sure.
1: I think coming from a small community in northern Alberta, you you develop that strong sense of community at an early age, and people are always lending a helping hand. And the ranching community is very good with that. Um, I think with the education opportunities that I've received in my life, it's now an opportunity for me to begin to educate my peers on the importance of agriculture, but also to work with people that are my parents' age on kind of that wealth transfer and what that means on helping provide the younger generation with opportunity for a lifestyle and economic benefit and how you're going to structure that so that there's still a retirement plan for the current ranchers and helping everyone kind of understand the issues that they're going to be facing if they don't plan for the transfer in a
0: Yeah, that's um, that's something nobody likes to talk about their demise, right? That's right. (laughs) You don't want to bring it up with the parents, and the parents don't don't always. That's exactly right, yeah. But it's always frustrating when you see people that don't have a plan um, when things get there. And then I found. not only to have a plan, but to talk about it. Yeah, and that can sure. be really difficult sometimes. Yeah, it's something
1: that shouldn't be a difficult conversation. You know,
0: there's, I like to say there's two things in life that
1: are are guaranteed, and it's death and taxes. So, you know, it's going to happen. So it's better to have that conversation when everyone still likes each other and we're not in a crisis situation. We can plan for the future, and we can bring in the necessary players, whether it's accountants, lenders, lawyers. Um, anyone that's going to be able to manage wealth and help with
0: that transfer from one generation to the other. So if if folks want to go and learn a little bit more about some of the tools that are available, um, what are some resources that they might search for? Well within organizations like the BC Cattlemen's Association,
1: they do have a few publications on kind of intergenerational transfers. Um, When you look at a lending institution like Farm Credit Canada, which is probably the most known for Canadian agriculture users, They also start to look at how to plan on the financial aspect of transferring large asset-based businesses to the next generation. But if you're looking from the legal perspective and understanding what that means, what the planning tools that you should be doing, there's a variety of websites that provide information about that. Really, contacting a lawyer or an accountant that has experience in agriculture I think is quite important agriculture businesses are a little bit different than kind of manufacturing or service-based businesses. So when you're doing a transfer like that, having the expertise
0: with those professionals is key. Okay. I'm grilling you here a little bit on that's this okay. subject, but it's something that's talked for about sure. quite a bit. That's all right. Um, and, and so for the younger generation, a lot of the time I'm, I hear, well, mom and dad need to hear about this while you're talking to me, what are some tools for the younger generations that you might say to, to help start that conversation?
1: Yeah, I think for the younger generations, one of the things that they need to understand is firstly how finances work. Most people don't necessarily understand how lending works, how kind of financial plans work. So understanding that in your own personal life to begin with as a good start but then having that discussion with your parents around how long do you want to do this you know, do you want to go travel, do you want to go and spend six months down in the US, are you you know, wanting to travel around the world a bit or are you happy being on the farm and how long do you think realistically you're going to be able to do that. There are sometimes harder conversations but if you can have it before it's necessary it makes planning a lot easier and, and for having younger generation taking an interest, showing the seniors that, I I shouldn't call them seniors, the, the more experienced members of the family, that they have that interest. You do have that knowledge transfer between parents to children, which is important, and it is a bit of initiative that children are taking, which I think we need to see from a younger generation taking that ownership and leadership role.
0: Okay, there you go. Uh, To kind of switch gears to the production side, sure. um, tell us a little more about uh, your involvement in that end. So I run, right now, uh,
1: my husband and I run a cow-calf operation in Kamloops. We have about 50 Black Angus cattle that we run with uh, Speckled Park bulls. So we're doing a little bit of research on Speckled Park, seeing how they finish on kind of the grass quality that we have in the interior of BC. just bought the ranch last year so coming from a cattle family I'm quite familiar with it but kind of just getting into back into the industry and a little bit different in southern BC than it is in northern Alberta in terms of climate and landscape so it's it's been an interesting transition.
0: Oh I bet, I bet. Um, and what are what are some things um, that you found uh, some new innovative tools or new things that we're kind of looking at in the industry that may be changing some yeah. way we raise cattle? Yeah we've both been very fortunate that we uh, have a strong relationship with
1: Thompson Rivers University here in Kamloops and we are lucky enough at TRU to have the BC research chair for the beef industry uh, John Church in TRU uh, does a lot of research in the industry and we both know him very well personally so we've worked with John looking at some of the innovative ideas that he's been doing mostly around uh, drone management so drone monitoring of animals on Range tenure and a bit on pain management. Looking at freeze branding and the impacts that's that going to have on on the pain management and their ability to recover from kind of handling systems like that. So we've drones have been a for us personally. We both work full time, so it's a huge help for us to be able to go and take a drone out and see well where all of our animals are in five minutes, as opposed to getting on horseback or quad or driving around, you know, for half a day seeing where we think everybody is. So that's been extremely helpful. The The movement side, we're still kind of getting into seeing how drones are able to use as a, a movement tool. We haven't had a lot of experience that way. And the freeze branding that we've done, although it can be a little bit slower than traditional branding, so far we found it to be very easy on the animals. Uh, it keeps them very calm. They're not at all intimidated by going into handling
0: systems. So we'll see on the long run what, what the impacts are there. Yeah pain management is something that's been talked about here at the the sure meetings. Yeah. um and and something uh, it's a little something to different to think about but it's something that we've heard from consumers that they're concerned that's right about. um so what what are your what are your thoughts on the, kind of that how did how did you come about thinking well let's yeah let's get involved in this project to look at the pain management around branding time
1: yeah it was one of the things when we were working with um when, when Percy was working with John on his masters at TRU, uh, John talked a little bit about kind of the cattle aspect, his masters was more on, on agroforestry. But we began to look at that, and then when we bought the ranch, John came out and said, hey, here, you, know, you guys are kind of the new guys on the block. Here's an opportunity for you to maybe try something new without having that long history of this is how we've always done it. So we took advantage of that. And I think coming from both of us being quite involved in kind of the The food culture of the Lower Mainland and seeing what our friends are wanting and really when you look at a beef industry it's a consumer driven industry that the consumer demands really impact kind of how we produce and provide products to market so when you see consumers starting to say we're concerned about this we thought this might be an opportunity for us to do something a little bit different on a bit of a smaller scale see if it works and be able to provide some research opportunities and feedback for the rest of the industry on yes, it is manageable and it isn't something that's going to negatively impact your operation or cause a big
0: headache for you. There you go. So on the you mentioned the food scene, yeah. Uh, what what are some of the uh, what are some of the trending topics that you see um, aside from pain management yeah. that should be adapted? Or so I think into? right now in
1: Southern BC we have dry range trains that we use that have a varying quality of grass so they're right now the hot topic is grass-fed beef looking at what does that mean what is what do animals who have been finished on grass what do they look like what is the comparison versus the traditional kind of feedlot main production system that we have here in Canada so we are looking at grass-fed products and finishing animals on grass we have some friends that own a production company, or sorry, a meat distribution company in Vancouver, and we are seeing a demand with that that there is an increase, kind of off the farm, grass finish. Now, obviously, we run a small operation, so it's easier for us to do that than running a you know 400 head cow calf operation it might not necessarily be logistically possible. But I think we are going to see as the food industry evolves, smaller niche markets where people are gonna require and request certain things and producers are gonna have the opportunity to match their product to the needs of the consumer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah and that's something that's been coming up as different restaurant chains are, sure. are, yeah. are raising cons- consumer concerns with our beef industry and so that's something uh, you know good to hear that there are opportunities for Canadian ranchers to to adapt to some of these things or look at this what what can I put in place to my operation and still still make things work as a business. Yeah I think it's not always
1: having to we don't necessarily always need to take the position of we're going to adapt to what the consumers want. Part of it is the education aspect for our industry educating the consumers on what it is to be a cattle producer, how our cattle actually produce, what the terms that we use, hormone free, grass finished, what does that actually mean? I think the food industry does a good job of marketing and shifting the demands of consumers and I think as a cattle industry we need to be able to respond appropriately with the effective marketing tools saying this is actually how things are produced and the terminology that's being used in marketing isn't necessarily the truthful representation of what people think it is. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the education aspect on the marketing side for us is going to be something that we should be looking at in the next few years as an industry
0: as a whole. Kind of get a little bit more involved in yeah, some of those sure. conversations. That's that right. Happening. Yeah. yeah, definitely a good thing. Um, and, and so you know, along the lines of innovation, um, you know, I work with AgriClear. That's right. Uh, online marketing, a new mm-hmm. tool. You know, several years ago, wouldn't wouldn't have been thought. Yeah. Um, to to market your cattle online or by video, and then we take it in, you know a step further um, with AgriClear and and looking at the security around those transactions. Yeah. Um, so what what uh, You've looked at the AgriClear website and some right, of our services before. What, what kind of drew you to that? Well, I think if you look at kind of the social media
1: aspect, the consumer online buying that we have, whether you're looking at websites of Craigslist or Kijiji, which you can see people buying cattle on there too, um, those facilitate the interactions between people. But I think what AgriClear has done really well is the security of the transaction and kind of the quality as to what is actually being expected of each opportunity. So it has that systematized familiarity of people so they can understand every transaction is going to look the same, which from a consumer perspective is very very easy to, to see. You have the same type of products all the time and it's not one person designing a, something one way and another person doing it another way. So I think that is extremely useful we are going to see more of a shift for online purchases as you see smaller auction marks close all around Western Canada, there's not a lot of options that they're going to have and, you know, the shipping all the animals to one place isn't necessarily going to be always the best solution. When I can sit at home and still have the same view of the animals that I would have from an auction mart and not have them interacting with a bunch of other animals and potential for infection or disease I think there's an opportunity there if you look at Ritchie Brothers for an example they do the same thing with all their equipment you don't get to sit and drive the equipment you get to look at it on the screen you get to buy it it's the same thing cattle are,
0: are starting to see that transition so yeah no, it's, it's very it's useful a, yeah definitely a useful tool kind of coming in so well um, if people were wanting to learn more about you or your operation um, or services right? how can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, you, probably the easiest way is, is on the website forwardlaw.ca is our website um, you should be able to find the contact information there people can always email me if they want to at rscorgie which is S-C-O-R-G-I-E at forwardlaw.ca and I'm happy to answer any questions people have or provide them with a bit of advice Alright,
0: thank you Ryan for joining me today You're very welcome well, hey, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ryan Scorgi, attorney and rancher from Kamloops, British Columbia in Canada. You know, I know succession planning and innovation and consumer demands can sometimes be difficult or heated subjects for farmers and ranchers to entertain and hash out, but these are all subjects that are critical to the future of our business, and it's important that we sit down and have these conversations once in a while and and learn a little bit more about the topics. I hope you'll stay tuned next week as I have another conversation uh, with producers from the British Columbia Cattlemen's Association, and we learn a little bit more about what ranchers are dealing with up there in that province and how it compares to what other ranchers are dealing with here in the States. Um, I'll be sure to include the links to Ryan's contact information, as we discussed in the episode in today's show notes. And you can find that at agricultureproud.com slash podcast. Just look for episode 12. Well, that's all for this week. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. And as always, you can connect with me on social media as Ag Proud Ryan and on Facebook as Agriculture Proud. Until next time, this is Ryan Goodman with the Agriculture Proud podcast.